0: Good afternoon, welcome to another edition of Hashtag Morris Mondays. I'm your host, Dr. James Morris, presiding elder of the Central Florida District of the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church and senior pastor of Carter Tabernacle CME Church in Orlando, Florida. Glad you could join us today. I want to spend our time together Talking about the long overdue selection of an African-American woman to this nation's highest court, the Supreme Court of the United States. Since 1789, there have been 115 Supreme Court justices and not a single one has ever been an African-American woman. I've been a strong advocate for the selection of an African-American woman since the appointment of Sandra Day O'Connor as the first woman associate justice of the Supreme Court back in 1981. You remember that? My advocacy for an African-American woman was predicated and is predicated on my belief then and my belief today. Perhaps it is it is an even stronger belief. The belief is that the highest court in the land must resemble the America of today. Judge Jackson substantiates the fact that regardless to popular opinion, there are many African-American women who are well qualified and suited to sit on the court. In other words, there is no shortage of qualified black women in our legal system or in the judiciary. Let's be clear, crystal clear, education and experience or the lack thereof is in no wise the problem. The problem is this unwillingness, this unwillingness to come to grips with America's new reality, a reality of diversity. You see, there are countless numbers of brilliant black women poised to serve in this capacity. That was made clear by the choices President Biden had to choose from for his nominee. This is not the America of 1776, 1789, 1940, or even 1981. Just take a look around. There are black women attorneys who own and manage firms all over the country. Black women who sit as judges and black women at every level of government. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson is not only credentialed and experienced, she is perhaps more fit to serve than any nominee that I can recall in recent history. Let's let's take a look at her credentials for a few moments. From 2021 until the present, she served and is serving as judge of the U.S. Court of Appeals for for the DC Circuit. 2013 to 2021, She was a judge for the US District Court for the District of Columbia, DC. From 2010 to 2014, she was vice chair of the United States Sentencing Commission. From 2005 to 2007, she was an assistant federal public defender. And from 1999 to 2000, she was a law clerk, clerking for Justice Stephen Breyer, who she's poised to take over his seat on the bench. Her education, she received her BA degree in 1992 from Harvard University and she received her Juris Doctorate her law degree from Harvard Law School in 1996. And still the woman is just 51 years old.
1: What are some of the key issues
0: that she has worked on? As an attorney, she wrote an amicus brief on behalf of the National Abortion Rights Action League, that's N-A-R-A-L, NARAL, the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice and other pro-abortion groups, supporting a law that blocked pro-life advocates from approaching abortion clinics. She's been all over the issue of the woman's right to choose. She's worked on the separation of powers and unions. In a lawsuit brought by federal employee unions against the Trump administration, she acknowledged that President Trump had the statutory and constitutional authority to issue executive orders that pertain to federal labor management relations, but she ruled in favor of the unions and the right to bargain collectively. She's a friend of workers and unions. Here's a big one. In the area of presidential immunity, she overruled presidential immunity to find that former White House counsel, Don McGahn was required to testify before the House Judiciary Committee. She does not believe that the office of president is the office of a king or the office of a dictator or is above the law. She has a commitment to progressive causes. In 2008, she was an election poll monitor for the Obama for America presidential campaign. She served as a speaker for the Progressive American Constitution Society at seven events since 2007.
1: Here are some of her endorsements
0: to date, the AFL-CIO, Demand Justice, the Alliance for Justice, the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, the ACLU,
1: Southern Poverty Law Center. These are groups that she has
0: has extensive work with. She is supported by the Center for Reproductive Rights, Now and Planned Parenthood. She's pro-LGBT rights. She's pro-Human Rights Campaign, Lambda Legal, National Center for Lesbian Rights, National Center for Transgender Equality, the National Council of Jewish Women, the National Education Association, the National Women's Law Center, and People for the American Way have all lined up to endorse her to date. And we know because of her extensive background and her stance on issues that affect people's lives, she is going to receive many more endorsements. The other reason why I strongly support her nomination is because Justice Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg became role models for white women and women across the ideological spectrum. And since Justice Sotomayor serves as a hero for women of America's Hispanic community. Judge Brown is the much needed role model for black women across the nation and young black
1: women who want to enter the area
0: of law. Judge Brown's life experiences will bring to the court something it has been lacking in its 150 year year history. That's another reason why I'm supporting her. She will be bringing to the court
1: life experiences
0: that show how she is intimately acquainted with how the law Affects everyday Americans, especially Americans of African descent. That is a voice that has been missing for 115 years on the court.
1: Now, listen, this lived experience that she has,
0: which is something that most presidents look for in their selection for Supreme Court justices, but in this case, you can be sure her lived experiences will be problematic for some. And the fact that she spent much of her career dealing with the lives of everyday Americans and two years as a public defender, it will drive the discussion about her nomination from the far right. Because it is by and large, the belief of those on the far right, that it is inherently wrong to represent criminals because from their window, All persons accused of criminal activity, and especially those found guilty of criminal activity, should be punished to the extent of the law, period, stop. Regardless of life experiences, regardless of extenuating circumstances, criminals should be prosecuted to the fullest. That's it. Judge Jackson's road to the Supreme Court does not fully follow the norm. and That's what I like about her too. I like others believe her work as a public defender and commissioner on the US Sending Commission will bring a totally different perspective to the Supreme Court. Now, if you recall, Several weeks back, uh, when I praised the President Biden's determination and commitment to honor his commitment to nominate an African American woman for the Supreme Court of the United States, I said whoever she was, she would face intense scrutiny. Well, that scrutiny has already shifted into another gear. The Republican National Committee, the RNC responded to her nomination in this wise her record includes defending terrorists and they went on to say she worked as a lawyer for terrorists simply because she was a government public defender when i said that when i saw that i said to myself Where are they coming from? What is the RNC talking about? So I did some research. And I found out that during her two years representing indigent defenders uh, in the D.C. Federal Defender's Office, there was a Guantanamo detainee who was accused of terrorism. And he was one of her clients. And so she was asked about that in her hearing for the job uh, she now holds. And there was a Senator who asked her a question. And I want to share with you that information. It was uh, Senator Cornyn who said, asked her uh, this question first. Let me, let me deal with this question first. He asked her, what role does race play? Judge Jackson, in the kind of judge you have been and the kind of judge you will be. <laughs> the judge responded, I don't think that my race plays a role in the kind of judge that I have been and that I would be in the way you asked the question. She so went on to say, I'm looking at the arguments, the facts and the law. I'm methodically and intentionally setting aside personal views, any other inappropriate considerations. And I would think that race would be the kind of thing that would be inappropriate to inject in my evaluation of a case. She on to say, I would say that my different professional background then many on the Court of Appeals judges, including my district court background, will bring value. quote quarter again. I've experienced life in perhaps a different way than some of my colleagues because of who I am. And that might be valuable. I hope it will be valuable if I was confirmed
1: to the circuit court. Ah. And she talked about
0: how she believed it was important for her in her role as a defender in the D.C. court that it
1: was important for her to
0: conduct business as one who believed that all persons, all persons had a right to legal counsel. And so when the question was asked about uh, the Guantanamo
1: person who she defended, She said, they have a right to legal defense. Well, we know that
0: it's going to get rough. We don't expect many Republicans to cross the line, uh, to vote in favor of this African-American woman to the Supreme Court. And we know it's heating up because Mitch McConnell, the Senate self-proclaimed grim reaper, had this to say about Judge Jackson's nomination. And I quote, he said, the Senate must conduct a rigorous, exhaustive review of Judge Jackson's nomination as befits a lifetime appointment to our nation's highest court. And he also pointed out that he did not support her nomination to the US Court of Appeals for the DC Circuit, the position she now holds. And she holds that position because of her 53 53 to 44 confirmation vote last year and I might add that the other three Republicans who joined the Democrats to confirm her were Senators Susan Collins Lisa Murkowski and Lindsey Graham who knows what they will do in her confirmation for the Supreme Court so as I said before We can expect the demagoguery and visceral attacks against her to continue. And if, like me, you think it's time for a Black woman to sit on the highest court in the land, this is what I need you to do. Call or email your senator, be they Democrat or Republican. Let them know you are a registered voter. You live in the district they represent and they also represent you. Tell them of your desire to see Judge Brown confirmed to the Supreme Court. And after you do that, ask your family, your friends, your colleagues, your fellow church members, ask them to do the same thing. And if they need the phone number or the email address, Please provide it for them. Then you might also write some letters to the editor of your local newspaper, letting your voice be heard. Let people know that there is great support for Judge Brown to sit on the Supreme Court.
1: Call in the local talk shows.
0: Talk about why you believe it's necessary for a black woman to finally be on the Supreme Court. You see, what we need is a full court press of our legislators. We need a groundswell. We need the opinions to rise, to rise up in harmony in support of Judge Brown. You see, civic engagement is vital to the health and well-being of our nation, and the communities where we live. We can't afford to sit back and see what happens. Let your voice be heard. It's time for an African-American woman to sit on the Supreme Court of the United States of America. It's time.
1: It's time. It's time.
0: Well, that's it for today's edition of Morris Mondays. I hope I've sparked you to want to get active and support this nomination. And I hope I've encouraged you to get engaged in this process. Remember now, heaven is watching. How?
1: We respond until next time. God bless you. Is my prayer for you.
0: You can listen to the latest episode of Morris Mondays via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and where other podcast outlets are available.